Thanks, Pete. Um, well, have you ever had a situation where somebody said to you, whatever you want, you can have? Maybe you were a kid and you went in a sweet shop and whoever took you in there said, whatever you want, you can have. Wow. Or has anybody ever taken you to a restaurant and said, meals on me, whatever you want, you can have? It's great, isn't it? We, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's great. So what a fantastic thing. Um, some of you will have heard me tell this story before, but uh, around about a year ago, Alex and Ty over here, they had a friend visiting them from Scotland. She was called Libby. And she came on a Sunday morning to the service. And at the end of the service, Alex said, can I introduce you to my friend? She just sent something during the worship. And um, so uh, she came over and started chatting. She said, well, as, the, as we were worshiping as a congregation, she said, I just saw angels going up and down in this building. Going up and down, up and a bit like Jacob's Ladder coming down with the blessings and favor of God, but going up with the prayers of God's people. And then she turned to me and she said, it's like there's an open heaven coming and ask for what you want. You can have what you want. Wow. Now, I don't know how you would respond to that, but I went away with quite a weight on my shoulders thinking, how do I respond to that? What do I really want? What do we want as a God's people? And, uh, you know, you could ask for loads of things, couldn't you? More people to give their lives to Christ. More people getting healed. You know, we've got Ian in a very challenging situation right now. Ian Maris, many of you will know, uh, in the hospice. Uh, and Sharon's there right now. And why don't we just pray for them right now? Father, right at this moment, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we come to you. We thank you for the story of your intervention in Ian's life so far. And we pray, Lord, today... That God, you would, as the song says, would you do it again? Would you do it again on this day in September 2019? Father, we commend Ian to you. We pray your blessing on him. We pray your presence there with him, with Sharon in that room. That God, they would be so conscious of your presence right now. But Lord, we pray for the miracle in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There's loads of things we pray for. There's loads of things we can think, you know, you can have what you want. Wouldn't it be great to see this place burgeoning so much we went into multi-service. Now those in the band and various people who are serving are thinking, oh my goodness, how does this work? <laughs> but you know, when Libby said, you can have what you want, uh, I just, she said, I just sense that, that open heaven sense. Do you know where my mind went? Our mind went to First Kings chapter 3. If you've got your Bible, do you want to turn it up? It's talking about Solomon, and it says Solomon, in verse 3 of chapter 3, 1 Kings, Solomon is described in the following really positive terms. It says in verse 3 that Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the instructions given him by his father David. And then you go to verse 5, and it says, One night the Lord appeared to Solomon and said... Ask for, whatever, so ask for whatever you want me to give you. Wow. And then you go down to verse 9. <coughs> and you get Solomon's response. He says, Give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and distinguish between right and wrong. 
But who is able to govern this great people of yours? Verse 10 is the response of God. It says, the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life for your, or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for death of your enemies, but for the discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. And I'll give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and the commands I gave to David your father, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon woke up and realized he'd had a dream. But a fantastic promise from God that I'm going to give you what you asked for. And Solomon responds with, Lord, give me wisdom. You know, when Libby said that to me that day, I went away and I said, Lord, would you give us wisdom? As a church, as an individual, would you give me wisdom? And literally, and I was doing this before Libby uh, shared that word with us last year, but I literally pray for wisdom every day. I don't know what your routine is. I'm a, I'm a morning person, so I get up, I make a cup of tea, go and sit in a room, let the dog out, because he's really important. He's very keen to go out first thing in the morning. Uh, and then I, I sit down and read some scripture, and then I pray. And there are certain things I pray every day, and there are certain things I pray for on a Monday, certain things I pray for on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, and throughout the week. But there are some things I pray for every day, and one of the things I pray for every day is wisdom. Wisdom, I pray for wisdom to deal with my family. Some of you know my family. <laughs> wisdom in the practical stuff, in the finance. Hey, behave down the front row. <laughs> wisdom when it comes to the things that I'm involved with, with wisdom with church. Wisdom with things that I'm involved with, with care or ground level or other churches. Even wisdom in leisure, because some people say, David, are you taking enough time off? Sometimes you just need a bit of wisdom. Hmm? I think God is interested in every portion and aspect of our lives and wants to give us wisdom for it. So we're starting a series on wisdom. And uh, we're kicking it off this morning. So we're going to be digging into some of the thoughts and the words of Solomon, particularly in, uh, in the book of Proverbs through the next few weeks, and perhaps right at the very outset to really come uh, to determine what is wisdom? How would you define it? I guess there's a number of ways you could define it. Knowing what to do next. You find yourself in a situation, what are we going to do now? You just need a bit of wisdom. Or... Uh, being competent in handling the complexities of life. How many think that today life is far more complex than it was 15 or 20 years ago? Um, I remember David Robinson when he, he, he ran the SOS ministry. Um, he said, when we started, it, it was fairly straightforward. You would help people with a problem and it would get sorted and you'd move on to the next, etc. But he said, as things progressed over the years, he said, the problems were just more and more complex. They're more interwoven with other stuff and other issues and what you could normally do within a, 
a few hours. It was taking a week to do. Life is complex, isn't it? And so how do I handle (coughs) the complexities of life? So wisdom is really important. Wisdom is really important. In fact, um, Solomon says this. He says, wisdom is more precious than rubies and nothing you desire can compare with her. In other words, there's nothing to compare with wisdom. That's a pretty high priority that Solomon had for it. And um, interestingly, over and over again, uh, Solomon identifies wisdom with the female gender. You know, I thought there'd be a few more people saying yes or amen. Uh, (coughs) I'm not going to comment too much on that because this is being recorded and Amory will hear it later. Um, But you know, a lot of decisions that we make, uh, we can make with just a background of knowledge, can't we? So I know that putting my hand in a flame is not a good idea because I'm going to get burned. It's not wisdom per se, it's just, that's just knowledge. Um, it, could be, uh, it could be that the decisions we make are driven by our moral compass. So, for example, um, I don't want to rob a bank because I know stealing is wrong. That's not wisdom. It's just like moral, sense, moral common sense, isn't it? it? But there's a moral behind that. And so a lot of decisions we make are based from knowledge or uh, a moral compass. But then there's a whole raft of decisions in life that I do not necessarily have all the factual knowledge or it's not an immoral thing, but I need to make a decision on. So, for example, anybody here young and single? Hey, there's a few hands going up. (laughs) (coughs) So, for example, when I was young and single, you know, the opportunities to date somebody come along. Now, if you rule out the immoral stuff so you don't go out with somebody who's married or already going out with somebody else, yeah, then the opportunities are there. But who who do you go out with? I would suggest that needs a bit of wisdom. Parents in here are all nodding, thinking that would be great. You know, you can get wisdom from us. You can go to your parents and ask them. <laughs> no, people say no. You can go to the church leader and ask him, who do you think I should go out with? <laughs> you probably don't want to do that. <laughs> but sometimes we need a bit of wisdom. Do you... What type of job do you go for? You know, it's not always a knowledge-based thing. It's not necessarily a moral-based thing. But sometimes a bit of wisdom. When opportunities come your way, should I go for this or not? Um, Should you challenge a particular thing? Or how should you challenge? Something comes up, you know, a situation happens, and you think, I need to challenge that. I don't necessarily agree with what's going on or whatever. How do you do that? Because there's ways to talk about stuff and there's ways that not to do it, yeah? And it's wisdom, isn't it? It's not necessarily a knowledge thing. It's not necessarily a moral compass thing. It's a wisdom thing. And so we're going to just think a little bit about that with that backdrop and um, perhaps think about some of words that are associated with wisdom 
in Scripture. Let's call it the three Ds of wisdom. Firstly is discipline. Proverbs chapter 1, where um, Solomon is <coughs> really being introduced to us in that sense. Um, and I'll read it from the New Living Translation. So Solomon 1, verse uh, Proverbs 1, verse 1. It says, these are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. Yeah? So there's that. A new living translation uses the word discipline. We don't like discipline, do we? That's a bit of a hmm, connotation. But the Hebrew word apparently literally means to be drilled by an instructor who often gets up in your face. Anybody been in the military? I, I seriously considered joining the military, joining the Royal Navy. I was 15 years of age and looking at what I was going to be doing the following year when I was 16 and I, I went on two separate occasions down to uh, uh, Portsmouth to, uh, uh, and Gosport down there to the military bases and spent some time there on what they used to call, in the last year of school, acquaintance courses. You could acquaint yourself with the possibility of joining the military. And I did that. And there were some great opportunities and possibilities, etc. But I just, at the end of it, just thought, that ain't for me. <laughs> Having somebody shout in your face every now and again, you horrible little man, is not probably what I was looking for. But sometimes we do need to be challenged, don't we? We do need people to uh, get in our face in the right sense of the word. Um, Proverbs 27, better is an open rebuke than hidden love. Sometimes we just need somebody to tell us. But there's a way of doing it, yeah? Um, so a little bit of discipline. And then to, in that sense of discipline, is doing the right thing. So learning from our mistakes. Anybody ever made a mistake? Okay. There's some great one-liners in Proverbs. This is a really funny one. Proverbs 26, 11. As a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat a folly. <coughs> Somebody's taking a photo of that right now. <coughs> As dogs return to their vomit, so fools repeat a folly. Learn from those mistakes and those things that you've gone wrong, etc. Discipline yourself accordingly. Or even sometimes it seems that God allows certain things to happen to us, experiences that we have that will shape us, and it begins to bring a little bit of discipline in, my, in our lives. Proverbs 3, he says, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Discipline begins to come. Not always pleasant at the time, it would appear, but actually looking back, you know, you look and you see God's hand in it, and it's shaping you and molding you, and uh, yeah. Anybody see some of that when you look back over your life? See that change? So, number one, discipline. Second one is discernment or insight. Again, at the beginning of Proverbs where, where Solomon has been introduced, it says these words, the words are understanding words of insight. The ability to notice things, have a perception about things, uh, to perceive things. 
Do you find, guys, that ladies have a way of perceiving things? A lot of people call it women's in intuition. Yeah? Um, Anne-Marie, a few years ago, had a, had a prophetic word with, shared, uh, shared with her. And it said, you are going to be a pointer, like a signpost. You're going to point people. You're going to know who should do this and who should do that and who should go there and who should go there. And so infuriating, she's, it's true. Because I'll go home every now and again and I'll have thought about something. I'll say, what do you think about if I ask so-and-so to do so-and-so? She oh, oh, oh. I go, oh, that's not going to happen then, is it? And then she'll say, have you thought about? And inevitably, she's bang on. And she has got a little bit of wisdom with regard to some of that stuff, seeing things in people, spotting some things, discerning of people, understanding their motives, etc. You know, we've all got, to, all got to deal with people, haven't we? I do remember when I'm, I'm talking a lot about Amory this morning, I don't normally. But I remember when she used to work at the hospital, she used to work in the outpatients department as a nurse. And I used to pick her up, usually about five, half past five, and, you know, drive home. And I'd say to her, how, how was your day today? And on more than one occasion, she said to me, do you know, it was going really well until the patients turned up. <laughs> <laughs> but we've all got to deal with people. Paul, the Apostle Paul, says this in Philippians 1. He's, he's saying, this is my prayer for you, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ. In other words, let the love of God come in you so that you get a discernment. You know, when the love of God begins to penetrate your life and my life, it changes our perspectives. We get insights into things like we never did before. How many of you know that's true? Okay, two of you. Great. Okay, third thing. <coughs> third D, discretion discretion. Again, go back to uh, Proverbs 1, where Solomon's been introduced, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, says, are for receiving instruction in prudent behavior. That's a great word, isn't it? Prudent behavior. Doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple and knowledge and discretion to the young. Any simple people here? God wants to share some prudence with you, some Discretion. Any young people here? Yeah, he wants to share some discretion with some liars in here as well. But anyway. <laughs> but the Hebrew word there for that sense of discretion is, is really having a, an eye on the future, a sense of how things could potentially unfold to plan things well. Um, just as discernment offers insights into the hearts of people. Discretion is more like foresight, just seeing. Yeah, if I say this, this is likely to happen. Or if I don't say that, that's likely to happen. It's having that discernment of how to get from where you are to where you feel you want to go without tripping up, yeah? Um, perhaps, you know, at times you've known a situation where you've had discernment, but when you look back, you thought, well, I didn't have much discretion. Uh, I was in uh, a situation just uh, 
within the last month, actually, I met with somebody who, who had the skills for the job they were doing. They had all the qualifications, they had all the expertise for the job. But in terms of discretion, how they worked in a team setting, there was a big vacuum. And sometimes we can have all the gift, but if we haven't got the discretion, temperament, whatever it might be, then that can really foul things up. So, bearing those things in mind, very quickly, uh, how do I get wisdom? Number one, fear God. Fear God. Uh, Solomon says this, and we'll unpack these over the next few weeks. Proverbs 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of, the w- of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. You know, I recently spoke on this in August about standing in awe of God. And that fear is linked, the fear of God is linked with our recognition of his authority in all things. Uh, number two, ask for it. You know, James, uh, the apostle says, if anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. As I said before, you know, I pray for wisdom every day and some of you probably thinking, David, I've known you a long time and I've seen you do some howlers. Well, just think how bad it would have been if I hadn't been praying for wisdom. (laughs) Um, Number three, be teachable. Proverbs 3 7 and 8, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, shun evil, for this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. And I would say be teachable by having good advisors. I was in a meeting this week where somebody came with an idea and they were just looking for the rest of us in the meeting to say, yeah, that sounds great, get on with it. And actually, after 10 minutes, it became very clear that the people in the room with their contributions thought this was not a good idea. Do not get on with it. How many of us have been in a situation like, you know, I've been to leadership team meetings and directors meetings with a thought in my mind, and as we've chatted about it, thinking, probably that wasn't a very good idea. You'd be very glad to know that our leadership team and directors are not yes people. (laughs) Otherwise, we'd be in right bother. Um, Proverbs 15, 12 says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advices they succeed. Yeah, okay? Number five, be generous. Jesus said we should have a good eye. Hugh talks about this on a regular basis. Um, from Matthew 6, 22, the eye, of the, lamp, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body is full of light. Full of light. I want to do things out of a sense of light. You know, that seems good. It seems that God is at work. Um, <coughs> Proverbs eleven twenty five: a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. And number six, trust in the Lord. If you want to get wisdom, trust in the Lord. Uh, Scripture was given to me 40 years ago in December this year. It will be on the 5th of December, 1979. It's the day I got baptized in water. And this scripture was shared with me and it regularly stirred with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Um, perhaps the musicians will come back. We'll wind this up. I need wisdom. Don't know about you. Dealing with the stuff of this life, dealing with responsibilities that we may have, we need wisdom. Lord, help us to receive of his wisdom let's not shun away from discipline 
Let's seek discernment and act with discretion. How are we going to get it? By fearing God, asking him for it, being teachable, making sure we've got good advisors round about us, being generous people, and by trusting in the Lord. Why don't we stand? We've got to pray. <coughs> thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you for your word that says you do not withhold any good thing. And Lord, we look at wisdom this morning and we think it's a good thing in our lives. And I pray that across this room, as we've just thought about this for these few moments as an introduction to this series, that God, you will whet our appetite a little bit more for your wisdom at work in our lives on a daily basis. Through every aspect of our life, whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's workplace, whether it's issues that come up, that God, that we may be conscious more and more of a wisdom that is flowing through us that goes beyond natural knowledge or just a moral compass, which are good in themselves. But Lord, something supernatural begins to earth in our lives and is manifest from our lives that will bring honour and glory to you. So Father, I pray for each one. I thank you for the provision there that James says, if we ask, we shall receive. And Father, we ask right now, would you grant us your wisdom? In Jesus' name, amen.